Good morning, everybody. I'm going to start. We're going to start bang on time. Uh, Ten o'clock. Lovely to see you. Welcome to our service. Um, just a couple of notices from me, and then uh, Rachel Potts has got one as well. Um, in a couple of weeks' time, Sunday the 30th is our memorial service here in the afternoon uh, at four o'clock. Uh, uh, it's an opportunity to remember those who have died. Uh, an opportunity to remember for God those who've died. And so do come, do invite those uh, to that service. That's on the 30th of October at 4 p.m. Uh, please note some sad news. I only just heard this morning. Um, uh, Sally Watts' mum died on Friday, uh, quite suddenly. Uh, so do, do keep uh, uh, Dave and Sally and Tom and Emily in your prayers at this time. And in fact, let's Let's pray for them now, shall we? Father, we lift to you uh, Sally and Dave and Tom and Emily, uh, hearing the news that Sally's mum has died. Uh, we pray that you would comfort them and be with them in their loss uh, and keep them at this time. And uh, may you, Lord, pour upon them your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Rachel, come and tell us about something that's coming up. Morning, everyone. So on the 29th of October, as you can see, we're going to be having a light party here. Um, so you're welcome to invite all your friends, all your family. We're looking for primary age children, so 4 to 11-year-olds. And if you'd like to help, please let me know. I've sent out an email. Um, but if you haven't received it, then just give me a call at the end and um, I will send you an email. Uh, we'd love all of you to be involved, whether that's through prayer or practical help. I think this would be a really amazing way to bring the community together and just share Jesus at this special time. So um, I think that's about all. We'll get the ad sent out by email to everybody so you all know about when it is as well. So yeah, do uh, help to Rachel, please. That would be wonderful. Over to Debbie. Okay. Um, may I add my welcome as well to our joint service, whether you are here in church or whether you are joining us online you are very very welcome here this morning we're concluding our series on one peter today and um we the theme is standing firm in god's power and peter is going to be speaking to us on that last section of one peter a little bit later on and rounding up um, that sermon series for us now, the observant amongst you will realise that we're minus um, musicians this morning. Um, that hasn't uh, worked out this week. So we are going to be using YouTube. Um, but the good news is that God is still here and um, wants to meet with us regardless of whether we have live music or not. So please do um, enter into the singing um, as you would do normally. Um, also, I want to say that uh, thanks to Rachel, um, there are some activity sheets at the back. And so um, any children here, if you feel that you would like to um, have a go at those, um, 
particularly uh, perhaps during the talk, um, then they are there um, just at the back there and Rachel will be there to help you with that. And it's very exciting, there's spices and all sorts of things um, to do. So, um, as we begin our time of worship together this morning, I'd like us to pray a prayer that's going to be on the screen. Now, it'd be wonderful whether we're younger or older or whether you're somewhere in between, like me, um, whether we could all join in the actions together because there's actions that go with each line of the prayer. We did this a few weeks ago, so those of you that were here might remember it. So we'll just go through the actions first to wake us all up and make sure um, that we know what we're doing. So we're going to, first of all, we're going to raise our hands. Brilliant. Okay, and then we are going to pull a power cord. The Holy Spirit is power. Then we're going to open our hands like a book when we're thinking about God's word. Then when we're talking about um, God showing us where we need to change, we're going to place our hands on our hearts. Then we're going to talk about serving the world, so we're going to face outwards, so I'm going to get you to stand up um, in a minute. And then the last bit, for the glory of your name, we're going to point upwards, and then we're going to do amen at the end. Does that make sense? Excellent. Susie is joining in enthusiastically at the back. Brilliant. Well done, everyone. Would you like to stand? Let's pray together. Okay. Lord, we are here to worship you. Would you meet us through your Holy Spirit? Teach us through your word. Show us where we need to change. And give us all we need to serve you in the world for the glory of your name amen amen fantastic well done and stand um, stay standing even as we sing our first song in christ alone
Please sit down. As we worship God and declare his goodness to us, we become aware, don't we, of our need to put things right with him and with each other. So let's just have a moment of quiet while we reflect on the week that's been. And then we'll pray this prayer of confession together. And please join in the words in bold type. God, our Father, we are sorry for the times when we have used your gifts carelessly and acted ungratefully. Hear our prayer, and in your mercy, forgive us and help us. We enjoy the fruits of the harvest, but sometimes forget that you have given them to us. Father, in your mercy, forgive us and help us. We belong to a people who are full and satisfied, but ignore the cry of the hungry. Father, in your mercy, forgive us and help us. We are thoughtless and do not care enough for the world that you have made. Father, in your mercy, forgive us and help us. We store up goods for ourselves alone, as if there were no God and no heaven. Father, in your mercy, forgive us and help us. And now, may the God of love and power forgive us and free us from our sins. Heal and strengthen us by his spirit and raise us to new life in Christ our Lord. Amen. And now, as forgiven and restored people, let's stand together and sing our next song, Light of the World.
Lord, accept the praise that we bring. You are altogether worthy, altogether wonderful. You are altogether lovely. Yes, Lord, we thank you and praise you that you are worthy. You are worthy of all our praises. We thank you, Father, for who you are. And as we now hear your word read to us, and as Peter comes to speak to us, I pray that you will help us to hear your voice speaking to us, speaking directly into our hearts and into our lives. I thank you, God, that you are a God who speaks, and I pray that you will help us to hear what it is that you want to say, us, say to us, both individually and as a church. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Please do have a seat. Um, Margaret is going to come and bring us our Bible reading and then Peter's going to speak to us. Um, just a reminder, um, kids, if you want to go and do some exciting stuff with Rachel at the back now is, now is your moment. Okay, thank you, Margaret. I quite fancied the exciting stuff at the back. It looks very good. Um, the reading is taken from 1 Peter, chapter 5, uh, beginning at verse 8. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. To him be the power for ever and ever. Amen. With the help of Silas, whom I regard as a faithful brother, I have written to you briefly, encouraging you and testifying that this is the true grace of God. Stand fast in it. She who is in Babylon, chosen together with you, sends you, sends you her greetings. And so does my son Mark. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to all of you who are in Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'm watching adults going over there to draw. That's fine. If you want to do that, that's fine. No problem at all. On uh, April the 28th, 1944, during World War II, Allied soldiers were preparing uh, for operation, or engaged in Operation Tiger, which was a training exercise uh, in amphibious beach landings in preparation for the D-Day landings. 
uh, of Normandy. Suddenly, as they were doing this uh, training, suddenly enemy gunboats appeared and killed over 700 American servicemen in a surprise attack. We sailed along in fatal ignorance, wrote Lieutenant Eugene E. Exton, a medical officer aboard the first of two tank landing ships to be sunk by the German S-boats. We had no idea we were about to be attacked, he said. And so today on Slapton Sands in Dorset, sorry, Devon, uh, you can see a monument that has been uh, put there to commemorate the sacrifice of those young men who died while training for battle but were never able to enter the conflict. And that tragedy is a picture that warns those who believe in Christ and who walk in his way. Because we too are involved in combat. We too are involved in a battle with an enemy who is powerful and deceptive. And that is why the Apostle Peter warns us here in verse 8 of our reading. He says, be alert. <coughs> Excuse me. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. So as Debbie said, we're drawing towards the end of our series, looking at this letter of 1 Peter. And in fact, this is the final sermon on this, in this series. And as Peter draws his letter to an end, he wants to uh, encourage those, he wants so, those who believe in Jesus to stand firm in their faith. Yes, we have strong confidence in God. That's what Peter says throughout his letter. We have strong confidence in God. But that does not justify carelessness or laziness on our part. We have an enemy and we have to be alert. And one reason why we have troubles, one reason we have persecutions and cares in this life is because we have an enemy. And so Peter here wants to give us three lessons, practical lessons, so that we can stand firm and not be intimidated by the enemy. And so Peter says, he says, respect the enemy, recognize the enemy, and resist the enemy. So first he says, respect the enemy. Look again at the verse that I just read, verse 8. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The evil one is dangerous. He's not a joke. He's not a caricature. You know, some people sort of depict him as this little person who sits on your shoulder on one side and then an angel on the other side trying to influence you. That's, he is dangerous. Uh, Jude, I don't know if you know the little letter Jude, right before Revelation. It's a fascinating little letter um, doesn't even have chapters has verses but if you look up Jude verse 9 you'll see there that even the archangel Michael was very careful during his dispute with Satan have a read of that verse later Jude verse 9 it's fascinating and, and so if the archangel Michael is he understands the power of Satan and his schemes we need to respect him too. Now when I say respect, I don't, I don't mean, you know, admire him. Of course I don't. I'm, I'm just, it's, it's about being mindful of his power to harm. 
So we need to understand that Satan is crafty. How are we to be mindful? How are we to be aware of him and what he's up to? Well, firstly, he oppresses. Um, The word Satan means adversary or adversary. Uh, Devil means accuser or slanderer. And so Peter here uh, depicts um, Satan or the evil one or the devil as, as one who is circling the flock like a lion at night. Seeing if there's a sheep who's you know, strayed from the flock, seeing if there's a, a one who's gone away from the safety and the protection of the group of the flock and of the shepherd. So firstly, he's trying to oppress us, come against us. Uh, secondly, he prowls. He's looking for that opportunity to devour, that opportunity to discourage, that opportunity to catch us unaware. And again, remember who's writing this letter. It's the Apostle Peter. And remember back into his earlier life and uh, what happens uh, with him when he is with Jesus before Jesus is crucified. So uh, again, if you want to look back with me, look back to Luke 22. Uh, So Luke chapter 22, so back into the Gospels uh, now. And you'll see that this is the part of of, of Luke's Gospel when he's describing what's going on uh, with Peter and Jesus talking and, and, um, and, and Jesus says directly something very direct to Peter. So Luke 22, uh, verse 31. And Jesus says direct to Peter, he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you, all of you, as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. You see, Jesus is saying to Peter, you've got to be alert. You've got to be on your toes. And yet, of course, we know, don't we, that the the narrative that goes on from there as as Jesus goes to the Mount of Olives, as Jesus goes to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane, we know that Peter, what does he do? He's, he's, He's asked to pray. He's asked to keep alert. He's asked to be awake. And he falls asleep. Instead of being alert and watching and praying, Peter falls asleep. And then when he wakes up, he acts out of impulse and he cuts off the ear of Malchus. And then, when they gather around the fire in the temple court, what does he do? He denies Christ three times. And so there's no, there's no mistaking it, is there? Jesus is aware of this. Jesus is praying for him. He knows that the evil one is on the prowl. And he knows that the evil one is, is, is active, always active. So we've got to be aware of that. He's, he's on the prowl. We've got to uh, respect him in that sense that he's dangerous. Thirdly, Peter says he wants to devour. Um, some people might depict as, uh, Satan as a toothless lion. You know, one who can only roar but can't harm you. But I don't think that's entirely true if you read Scripture, if you study what the Bible says about Satan. I think he is dangerous. He doesn't want to just scare us. He wants to destroy us. And even though he's been defeated, we know he's been defeated on the cross, he is still dangerous. Uh, I was reading about the, um, uh, the death of a, a man called Paul 
Ramus, or Rymus, I think his name is, uh, who was living in Queensland in Australia. And uh, he was living in a part of Australia where crocodiles are, co- are common, quite, you know, you can, they live in that area of, of Australia. And he was going into some water in a creek where he lived, near, nearby where he lived, and he only went a few inches into this creek, this water, where he was. Even so, even if it was in a very shallow bit of water, even so, this 15-foot crocodile, which only had three legs and half a tail, stalked Rymus in the shallow water and killed him. So just because this crocodile was handicapped, he was still dangerous. And so Satan is defeated, yes, but he's still crafty and he's still dangerous. Now, by the way, the word here, alert, uh, is, is also, you can describe that or, or translate as vigilance, be vigilant. Uh, that's used in other Greek writings um, in a way of, of watching out. It's, it's, it's a, the way of understanding it. One way of understanding this word is, you know, when you cross over a stream, you cross over uh, a brook, and there may be stepping stones. You cross over this brook, and those stepping stones may well be slippery. It's, it's that word. It's, it's Peter saying, be careful as you step over those rocks. Be careful you don't trip over or slip over as you, co- as you go along. In other words, concentrate, focus. Measure each step. That's the sense of what he's saying. So that's one very important reason why we uh, need to keep alive and fresh in our spiritual life with Jesus. So he says respect the enemy. Pay close attention or you could end up in disaster. Secondly, he says recognize the enemy. Uh, In uh, Paul's letter to the Corinthians, uh, second letter, Corinthians 2, verse 11, uh, Paul says, we need to be aware and careful so that no advantage is taken on us by Satan, for that we, so that we are not ignorant of his schemes, basically, uh, Paul says. Uh, it's, it's a little bit like trying to um, put it another way. If you are into a sport, you'll know that one of the ways to beat your opposition is to study them. You've got to know your opponents. And so the best team, the best, uh, a well-prepared team, is the one who has this, a coach who is scouting the opponents, watching the opponents, how they play. And so the well-prepared coach is one who, yes, you know, knows his players really well, knows his or her players well, has, has studied them, uh, but also knows the opponents well. He may have watched a film of them play. Uh, he even may have gone to the stadium to look at what the stadium is like. He may have even looked at the lights, what the light is like, where his team will be playing. And Peter says this is the same for believers. This is the, the case for uh, Christians as well. Before we are victorious on this earth, we've got to know the enemy. We've got to be aware of the enemy. We've got to be prepared for battle in our lives as Christians. Yes, we need to put on the full armor of God. Yes. But a soldier who goes into battle and doesn't know their enemy is not prepared for battle. 
Now, I'm not saying, of course, I'm not saying study Satan. I am not saying that. We don't want to do that. I'd much rather you study Christ, and, and obviously. But we need to know who we are against in order to be victorious in our battle to resist him. C.S. Lewis, you've all heard of C.S. Lewis, haven't you? Uh, and you've probably heard of the Screwtape Letters. You may have even read the Screwtape Letters. It's one of his most famous books. And in the Screwtape screw Letters, there's a, a, a senior devil who is coaching or training a junior devil in their diabolical work. And uh, it's a fascinating book. It's an amazing book. And in the preface to his book, C.S. Lewis writes this. He makes this point, and I quote, there are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. They themselves are equally pleased by both errors and hail a materialist or a magician with the same delight. It's so true, isn't it? You know, you could fall into being too aware of the enemy, you know, obsessed with that side of things. But equally, you can be blasé and complacent about the schemes of the enemy. So it's about getting the balance right. Recognising his schemes, putting on the armour, being aware of who we are in battle against. So respect the enemy, recognize the enemy, and thirdly, resist the enemy. In verse 9, Peter goes on to say, resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your fellow believers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. So resist him. What does that mean? Well, I don't think it means attack him. Nowhere in Scripture are Christians told to attack Satan. We don't have that authority, I don't believe. I don't think it means even bind him. That's not in Scripture, apart from Revelation chapter 20. Uh, let's have a look at that quickly. Uh, so that's a uh, little bit further along into the, well, right at the end of the New Testament. So Revelation 20, verse 1 to 3. Uh, so right towards the end of Revelation St. John writes this, And I saw an angel coming down out of heaven, having the key to the abyss, and holding in his hand a great chain. He seized the dragon, the ancient, that ancient snake, who is the devil or Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. He threw him into the abyss and locked and sealed it over him to keep him from deceiving the nations any more until the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be set free for a short time. So you see there, there's an angel who has the authority to bind Satan. I don't think, I don't think us believers have that. Maybe you need to talk about that after to see what you think. I don't think it means to mock him either. I don't think we, uh, it, I don't think it means belittle him. I think it's, it is that, it's that respect in the sense of, of, of being aware of him or mindful of his schemes and that he's dangerous. It is dangerous when we belittle Satan and make him less powerful and less dangerous than he really is because we're minimizing his ability to attack us. No, what the Bible says, what Peter says here is stand firm. Stand 
firm, resist him, grab your weapons and stand your ground. Now, probably if you know the Bible, you'll know the verse I'm about to quote to you. Ephesians 6, verse 13. Therefore, put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. So Ephesians says, stand, withstand, stand. Look at what verses 9 and 10 say about resisting Satan. We've read read one. Uh, Resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. Now, Peter has already told us, told us what the key is in submitting to God. He's told us that the key to submit to God is faith. Chapter 4, verse 19. So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. So we know the key in our submitting to God is faith in God. And so the key to standing against Satan is also faith, as, he, as Peter says in verse 9. Remember Luke 22. Christ told Peter, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. That's what Christ says to Peter, that your faith may not fail. Why faith? Because Satan comes against our faith. Satan attacks our faith. He wants to dilute our confidence in God. He wants us to doubt God's intentions. He wants us to doubt God's plans. He wants us to doubt God's goodness in our lives. He wants to attack our faith. And so therefore, in the context of suffering, and remember Peter, this this letter is a, a lot about suffering. In the context of suffering, Satan will try to convince you and me that God doesn't that God won't get you through those tough times and as the second half of verse 9 suggests that God isn't strong enough to help you in your difficulties and so that's why this lie comes into our ear Satan sometimes put this lie into our ear this is how God treats his people and you want to follow him God wants you and me to stand strong in our faith. And we can stand stand firm in our faith because others are standing firm. That's what Peter says. Whereas Satan puts this lie into into our ear, he says, oh, God has left you all alone. You're the only one going through that kind of trouble. You're the only one going through that sort of uh, suffering. Nobody knows the trouble you're going through. But what Peter says... You are not alone. Your Christian brothers and sisters throughout the world are going through similar trials. And so you and I are going through trials of one sort or another. You will know what those are because you know. And therefore, because we're all going through some sort of trials, whatever they are, we are united in our suffering. Uh, Maybe you remember uh, a few weeks ago at the 1045 service, 
Uh, we had some stones that we placed at the foot of the cross and, uh, and, and as a way of showing the unity that we have in Christ. And then picture that Libby had this picture of the living stones that we started be rubbing up against each other and that's, that's enabling us to, uh, to be the people God wants us to be. That's one way of looking at it. Or maybe Hebrews 11 is, is a, a passage that may help you. Hebrews 11 is an amazing list of the men and women of faith and the things they've gone through, and they have persevered through it and made it. And so Peter here says in verse 10, have faith that God is still working out his plan and his purpose. And so those circumstances you're in at the moment, that I'm in at the moment, those circumstances that Satan wants to use to discourage you, and defeat you are the circumstances that God is using to build you up and encourage you and develop you. And so have faith that God is still at work. And so to come towards the end of looking at this amazing letter, and this wonderful letter, and this relevant letter is so relevant to us today, let's focus on a word of encouragement a little bit more from verse 10. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Peter says here in verse 10, we are dealing with the God of all grace, the God of all resource, the God of all adequacy, the God of all provision. And so this is like a fanfare. This is, you know, building in intensity and in volume and enthusiasm. So if there's a choir here or there's an orchestra here, you know, at the end of a, an amazing symphony, there's just like a fanfare. There's a, you know, at the end it sort of builds up in intensity, getting louder and fuller and stronger. Boom, 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 boom. And the God of all grace will his, himself restore you. And he will make you strong. And he will make you firm. And he will make you steadfast. That, my friends, is the Christian hope we hold on to and hang on to. And so as we finish this letter, hear those four wonderful things that God will do for you and for me. He will restore us. He will establish us. He will strengthen us. And he will make us steadfast. As a song that we are about to sing puts it so well, and with this I finish. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Saviour's love. Through the storm, he is Lord, Lord of all. Amen. So let's just be quiet for a moment before the Lord.
and in our heart thank him that he is restoring us, establishing us, strengthening us, and making us steadfast. Father God, we thank you that you are with us at all times and in all things that you will never abandon us, that you will never leave us or forsake us, that you are with us in Christ. You are with us in Christ to build us up, restore, establish, strengthen, and make us steadfast. We praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. So let's stand, shall we, and sing that song, Christ Alone, Cornerstone. Stand
Amen. Please do take a seat. Okay, we're going to move into a time of prayer now. And um, for our prayers this morning, we're going to um, pray for each other to stand firm, as we've been hearing about from Peter. And I'm going to use a format called This Time Tomorrow, which Eleanor used a few weeks ago. So I've got the roving mic here. But do not be too afraid. I'm literally just going to ask um, three people um, what they're going to be doing this time tomorrow. So it really is no more difficult than that. If you really don't want me to come anywhere near you, just shake your head furiously as I come in your direction and I will go and uh, find somebody else. Okay, but that really is all you're going to need to do. So I'm just going to try and ask three people Um, of different ages, what they're going to be doing this time tomorrow, and then we're going to pray for those people. Alice is going to be at school. Excellent. Um, Right. Trish, where will you be tomorrow morning? Just coming home from playing badminton. Okay, fantastic. So are you in a badminton team? Do you play badminton regularly? Excellent. Okay, brilliant. So... Trish is coming back from playing badminton. And who else? Mark. I will be travelling down to Devon to see my 90-year-old aunt in Exton. Excellent. Right. Okay, I'm not going to do any more because I won't remember. Um, But we're going to pray now for those people. Father God, we thank you that you have a plan for each of us and that you are with us as much on a Monday morning as you are here in church on a Sunday morning. And Lord, I want to pray for Alice and all those here this morning who are going to be in school tomorrow. I pray that you'll be with Alice, that you'll be with um, all those others who are here and those who who can't be here, who are going to be in school. I pray that you will be with them. I pray that you will help them to shine brightly for you, whether they're there as students or whether they're there as teachers. We thank you that you go before them. 
And Lord, I thank you for Trish. I thank you that she is going to play badminton tomorrow. And I don't think she'll be playing badminton on her own. So I pray that you will be with her, that you'll be in the conversations that she has with the people that she meets. Bless her and help her to shine for you in that place, I pray. And as Mark heads off down to Devon, I think it was, I pray that you will um, be with him and Susan, if she's going as well, that you will help them to travel safely, that you'll give them the safe journey there, and that you will bless the time that they spend um, with Mark's aunt. We thank you for her, and we thank you for the life that she's lived, 90-something, I think he said that she is. And we pray that you will bless her mightily too and that you will be with all of us wherever we will be this time tomorrow. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Alice will probably never speak to me again, but anyway, hopefully she will. Right, we're just going to widen that a little bit now. Um, We've hopefully got some images that are going to come on the screen, and we're just going to pray briefly for other um, groups and situations um, this week. So I'll leave a a little bit of space at the end of each prayer for you to be able to pray your own prayers. So let's pray together again now. Father God, we pray for our leaders that they may govern us wisely and lead with compassion and integrity. Lord Jesus, we pray for all those whose this time tomorrow will be characterised by fear about how to heat their homes and feed their children this coming winter. Please, Lord, be with those whose tomorrow will be marred by the devastation of war. We pray for all those fleeing conflict and for those left behind. We pray for the protests in Iran and for all those living in authoritarian regimes. We pray for your freedom and justice to reign and for your protection on those who speak out against oppression. And finally, Father God, may the light and hope of Jesus shine brightly in us and through us, this time tomorrow and always. Amen.
Would you like to stand? We're going to share the peace in just a moment. And as we've um, been doing over the last few weeks, can I suggest that if you would prefer not to be approached during the peace, that you remain seated, that you sit down um, once the invitation to share the peace has been spoken. Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. We meet in his name and we share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you and also with you. So let's offer one another a sign of God's peace. And so we're going to uh, sing now our song as we lead into communion. Thank you. Uh, we're going to use a, a, an unusual Eucharistic prayer. It is an authorised one. It's one we haven't, I don't think, used here before, but it's a family-friendly Eucharistic prayer. And uh, so... Um, the Lord is here. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is always right to give you thanks, God, our, our Creator, loving and faithful, holy and strong. You made us and the whole universe and filled your world with life. You sent your Son to live among us, Jesus, our Saviour, Mary's child. He suffered on the cross. He died to save us from our sins. 
He rose in glory from the dead. You send your spirit to bring you life to the world and clothe us with power from on high. And so we join the angels to celebrate and sing, saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Father, on the night before he died, Jesus shared a meal with his friends. He took the bread and thanked you. He broke it and gave it to them, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. After the meal, Jesus took the cup of wine. He thanked you and gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood, the new promise of God's unfailing love. Do this to remember me. Jesus Christ has died. Jesus Christ is risen. Jesus Christ will come again. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Father, as we bring this bread and wine and remember his death and resurrection, send your Holy Spirit that we who share these gifts may be fed by Christ's body and his blood. Pour your Spirit out upon us that we may love one another, work for the healing of the earth, and share the good news of Jesus as we wait for his coming in glory. For honour and praise belong to you, Father, with Jesus, your Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, for ever and ever. Amen. And so, as Jesus himself has taught us to pray, we pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that Christ died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. Do come up as uh, the stewards um, direct you, and um, there will be non-alcoholic uh, drink at that table on that side of the church.
body of Christ keep you in eternal life. Amen. blood of Christ. Keep you in eternal life. Amen. Let's pray for those who can't be with us today. Father, we lift to you those who can't be here today in person. We pray your blessing upon them, your hand of healing, restoration, and life. Comfort them, we pray. Be with them. Strengthen them. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we pray this uh, prayer together following communion. It will be on the screen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. And so let's stand and sing our final hymn, And Can It Be? Let's stand and sing together. Sing with me, And Can It Be?
Do have a seat. And I'm wondering if any of the children would like to come and show us what they've been doing. We're intrigued. This is on, that's good. Okay, so if you'd like to, Rachel, do you want to bring them up and we can have a little look and admire? <laughs> Here they come. I can see a big word in it, which looks really relevant to what we've been thinking about here as well. Okay. So, what have we got? Do you want to come? Uh, maybe, maybe they'll be able to see. I don't know if they'll be able to see on the on the on the screen. But if you come and stand on this little step up here, you can show us everything. If you stand there, that's it. Hold on. So, what have you been doing? Rachel, what have you been doing? Um, so, yeah, we've been looking about being strong in our faith and that if we put our faith in Jesus, we can be high above the mountains. And we use really strong colors and strong spices that represent that. So, they've been amazingly creative well with their well designs. Done. Yeah, well done. Thank you. I love it. Great, thank you. Thank you, girls. Do you want to go and sit down? Thank you, Rachel. And we'll just have our final blessing. Which is, of course, from 1 Peter 5. And so may the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little, a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong and firm and steadfast. So go in peace to love and to serve the Lord in the name of Christ.